Hi, welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo. I am the film critic for the website Quipster.net. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I do hope that you enjoy the review. If you do, I do encourage you to click the subscribe button and you'll continue to get all of my podcast reviews downloaded throughout the course of the year. Also, if you want to write to me, you can do so by going to my website, finding my contact information, and also links to my Twitter feed and Facebook page. All of those are perfectly suitable ways to contact me. You can go to quipster.net to find out all the information there. Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. As this is a film review show that not only covers the wide releases that are currently out in theaters, but also independent films, foreign movies, and ones going straight to VOD, I also go into the streaming services and try to look for new movies that you may also enjoy. I don't know if enjoy is the right word I'm going to be using for the film today. It's called The Do-Over. It's the latest vehicle by Adam Sandler. It also features David Spade. Supporting roles going to Paula Patton, Catherine Hahn, Natasha Leggero, Torsten Vogus, Sean Astin, Luis Guzman, Nick Swartzen, and more. It's not rated because it's not being released into theaters, but if it were to get a rating, it definitely would be an R-rated film because of its violence, sexual material, graphic nudity, crude and sexual humor throughout, and language. It runs an hour and 48 minutes, and the director is Stephen Brill, with a screenplay by Kevin Barnett and Chris Pappas. Although I do hate many of Adam Sandler's movies, I don't really have a knee-jerk hate for him the way that some critics seem to. In fact, I'm one of an incredibly small number of critics who found The Ridiculous Six occasionally amusing. The Ridiculous Six still has a 0% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, and I actually gave it a recommendation for those people who like Adam Sandler films. So for those people who don't always agree with my reviews, you can always look back to my rating of The Ridiculous Six and negate pretty much any opinion on any other movie I gave three stars to. Mea culpa there, I guess. That said, The Do-Over is a giant suck fest. Even as an Adam Sandler vehicle that's gone straight to Netflix, this is the second in his four-movie deal to release his work exclusively on the platform. At least you don't have to pay extra to see this film or even to leave your home. Or you don't even have to stick with the movie in favor of something better to watch on Netflix altogether. Sadly for me, as a film reviewer, I'm forced to stick with it to the bitter end, no matter how bad it becomes. The movie starts off at the 25th year high school reunion where a man named Charlie, who's played by David Spade, he meets up with an old friend named Max, played by Adam Sandler. Max seems to have far exceeded his initially dismal expectations in life from high school in almost every respect by being the kind of action Jackson, as he's called in the movie, a globe-hopping alpha male that every boy dreams of eventually becoming. Max sees Charlie is in a loveless marriage to his philandering high school crush. He's raising her two children that humiliate him at every turn. He's employed at a dead-end job managing an in-supermarket bank outlet. And he also lives a life that is in a perpetual state of stagnation. He's moved into the home that his parents grew up in. And he even drives the same car that he's had since high school. And that was a lemon even then. 
After convincing Charlie to come out to his yacht for a weekend of fun and sun while his wife's away, Max ends up hatching this plan to fake their deaths and assume stolen new identities, after which they become big shots who are living the high life in Puerto Rico with these new identities. However, there's a reason why the men whose identities they've stolen are now dead, because now bad guys are coming out to get them, which leads to Max and Charlie having to fight for their second lives, which may even be worse than their first ones. As a film, the do-over reunites Adam Sandler with director Stephen Brill. Brill has made some of the comedian-turned-actor's worst cinematic efforts. I'm talking about Mr. Deeds and Little Nicky, which were which I found to be terrible films even by Adam Sandler's standpoint. Stephen Brill, he struggles to wrangle his two stars to stay on point as they explore juvenile humor involving the usual stuff, getting laid, smoking joints, and other typical go-to gags to get easy and lazy laughs. Given that Sandler also serves as one of the film's producers, perhaps that's why much of the script by Kevin Barnett and Chris Pappas has been altered to include the typical jokes that 13-year-old boys find funny or Adam Sandler, even though the content is R-rated material and will likely miss some of that audience. Yes, it's an Adam Sandler vehicle. Catering to his fan base is expected, but the plot is overly complicated for one of his movies, and the persistent distractions for moments of stupid shtick makes it nearly impossible to remain invested enough in that plot to try to follow it. As we in the audience are not rooted in the backbone of the story, this makes those scenes in which the plot takes over mind-numbingly boring. You know, most viewers will probably not be entirely sure what's going on from time to time. And even if you think you do, you may not really care what happens during those scenes. And yet, on the other hand, we don't long for more explanation for such a tired premise it's interesting that the movie actually fares better when it chooses to ignore the plot altogether, so I guess I'm both criticizing the film for not explaining its plot fully, or at least even adhering to it, but I'm also thankful that it doesn't bother to try to give us even more of it at the same time, so I'm kind of in a quandary as to how I feel about it. In addition to the typical gross-out moments or the silly sexual shenanigans that the two men are engaged in, there are also some uncomfortably brash scenes that involve Max's mother's dementia. Lots of really bad jokes regarding that that I think that people will find funny just because it's so rude. There's also this woefully out-of-place MacGuffin that surrounds the search for a cure for cancer. That's kind of the main thrust of the movie. And to a certain extent, I do find it very distasteful that it tries to be some sort of issues movie in a certain respect, even though it does so in the worst ways possible. You know, in addition to the bad action and also the bad comedy, there are actually moments in which we in the audience are supposed to feel a certain pathos for at least one character who is afflicted by cancer, but it's difficult to feel anything at all when these moments of emotion are sandwiched in between other scenes involving such things as David Spade getting Luis Guzman's testicle sweat in his face during a three-way sex scene, or another one in which Adam Sandler tries to instill gay panic in the sadistic assassin who is about to sodomize him with a gear shift that's been peppered with bits of broken glass. I apologize if I'm being a little too graphic here, but I just want to let you know what kind of stuff you're going to find in this movie so that I give you fair warning. 
The action scenes aren't especially presented in the most exciting of ways possible either, and that's generally forgivable in most comedies that have occasional shootouts or chases because it's not the main thrust of the movie, but not as much in one that's encroaching already on two hours in length. This is a movie that's easily about 20 minutes too long, so having these scenes in which we have no investment in these characters and they're not really well staged... It becomes very tedious every time the action takes over. Now, given how entertaining, even if only mildly, the scenes are that involve Max trying to get his old buddy Charlie out of his life rut, and how boring the film is once they do cross over to their new identities and become instant targets, it's especially disappointing given that Sandler and company had the chance to make something better if he were to have stuck to his initial setup about a second chance in life without mucking it up with this dumb thriller plot He should have just ran with that midlife crisis angle for the rest of the film. It's been done, sure, but the amount of times that that's been done is only a tenth of the times as the kind of Hitchcockian plotting that the do-over ends up utilizing after the explosion literally destroys Sandler's yacht and figuratively destroys this movie. If I have to be charitable at all, I'd say the best thing that I can say for the do-over is that it does offer an occasional chuckle, mostly in the film's beginning, before the new identity plot really kicks in. Some of the scenes set in Puerto Rico showcase the beauty of that island. You know, this is typical of recent Adam Sandler films. He has readily admitted in interviews that he often chooses movies that also double as vacations for him and his cronies. You'll yearn for the director to just continue showcasing the gorgeous locales of the Caribbean every time he cuts back to showing the sulking mugs of the main stars, especially as there's just so very little humor to offer that hasn't been done before. And whatever is delivered ranks among some of the weakest in already spotty careers. One can see why the film's stars chose this material, since it's about as stuck in the 1980s as they are, so I'm sure that they relate to the main theme of the movie more than most people. Perhaps it's time for the real-life Adam Sandler and David Spade to fake their own deaths and live the rest of their lives on whatever tropical island they choose. Let's just give them the money now to do it. No need for a do-over. Just don't do any more films like the do-over. One and a half stars is what I'm giving the do-over out of four, and one and a half stars on my scale means that it is a poor movie. I do not recommend it to anybody but the most staunch of Adam Sandler apologists. It's not funny enough for its runtime. I'm not going to say it's completely unfunny, but it is unfunny most of the time. You know, after the first 20, 25 minutes where it's genial, it just gets worse and worse and worse. And eventually, and, and eventually it gets to the point where you're going to be absolutely struggling to maintain any sort of interest. Obviously, since this is on Netflix, that's kind of a benefit to you. You can stick with it for the half hour or so and be modestly entertained if you're an Adam Sandler fan and then just check out whenever it starts to get tedious. I can see why Adam Sandler movies are ending up going to Netflix because his movies are often things that most people only take in in small chunks and find amusing. Somehow, when you spend 90-plus minutes with it, it gets old very quickly and it's harder to digest in large chunks. So, one and a half stars goes to The Do-Over. I wish I could have done my decision-making over on choosing this as a film to review. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I hope that you enjoyed the review, even though I didn't have very many positive things to say. It's not my choice to slam on films altogether, even though a lot of the movies I've been seeing recently have been pretty bad, at least on my scale. 
But I still enjoy watching movies, even bad movies, to be honest with you. If you like the show and if you've been listening a while and you appreciate my opinions, I do encourage you to go to iTunes and leave a review. Let other people know what you think of the show. It definitely helps a great deal in terms of finding an audience. Also, don't forget, I've been doing film reviews for over 20 years now, and you can find all of my written work at my website, quipster.net. That's Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. Until next time, thanks for listening. I hope that you enjoy your time. Anytime you get to go to the movies, even if you're watching on a streaming service at home, it's good to know out of the thousands and thousands of movies that are on whatever service that you choose, which films are the ones that are worth clicking play on and which ones you do better to avoid altogether. Certainly, you know where I stand with the do-over. 